0: beloved and sisters in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Yesterday was the feast of St. Anthony of the Caves of Kiev. St. Anthony was a young man and he went to Mount Athos and he lived a life there. And through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, his abbot asked him to go to Russia. So he went up to Russia uh, in the area of Kiev found a cave, and there he established a monastic community. And so he's considered the father of monasticism in Russia. So yesterday was his feast day. When I was very young, I would always get excited when my Aunt Ida would come. My Aunt Ida was my godmother. And she was very much a second mother to me. When I was born, we lived in our house for a little while. And it's true, an infant will bond with the people around him, especially anyone that's holding the child for long periods of time. And that's the way it was with my godmother, my Aunt Ida. And so she has always been, she's now a blessed memory, a second mother to me. Well, when we, she lived in Othello, which was 20 miles south of Moses Lake, and I would, when I was small, I'd hear that she was going to come for lunch. In Othello, Washington, there's nothing there. There's, there's a gas station, there's, there used to be a milk barn and, and a little tiny grocery store, and that's it. So they'd go to Moses Lake for real shopping, clothes or whatever, and if they were really going to splurge, then you'd go to Spokane or the Tri-Cities so she was coming for lunch and i remember being so excited when i was small and every time a car would come up i'd run into the window was that her no was that her and then as i got it was a boy and i had a bicycle and i'd be riding around and i'd go and i'd to kill the time and to get for her to get here i'd ride around the block hoping when i came around the corner i'd see her car no no and then finally there would be It wasn't that she was bringing me anything, no little toys, no little trinkets. It was just to be in her presence. I was filled with expectation of her being there to hear her voice, to feel her arms around me, to hear her words of love. My goodness, my world was just centered. It was safe. It was filled with life and love. I'd eat lunch and go off and play, but everything's just centered just about that moment, that expectation and that joy and that hope of her coming. And then to be in her presence when I was just doing what I was doing, but I could hear her voice, I could see her movements. Oh, great joy. It's still emotional after all these years. Our gospel today is written by Matthew. Matthew is writing to the Christian Jews. He's writing to the people that were supposed to live in expectation of the Messiah's coming. They were to be lived in in joyful expectation, watching for His coming. And this expectation went hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And it had been announced for hundreds and hundreds of years that it was coming. And when it finally came, the ones that were supposed to point out that the one that's the expected one, the one that's going to bring us deliverance and freedom and joy and peace, they ended up calling him the prince of demons. But the simple and the wise who weren't caught up with their own long phylacteries, their own titles, they recognized Him. We hear in our gospel today of expectation. Jesus had been in another area and He comes back and He's sought out by two blind men. They had been waiting in expectation for His arrival What joy and what hope they had in their hearts when they heard he was coming. They found him out and they kept calling to him all the way right into the house. And Jesus heals them. Others were waiting in expectation as he was getting ready to go to another district. Men brought to him a man possessed, a mute man possessed by a demon. They were filled with expectation that they would be he- he- that boy would be healed and he was healed but others were filled with expectation too. They were the ones, the poor that had the good news preached to them. Those words that gave them comfort and peace. In the prophecy of Isaiah, we read last night, it told about the sign of who the Messiah would be. It said he would be the one that would open the eyes of the blind, the deaf would hear, the lame would walk, the mute would speak, the poor would have the good news be spoken to them. And this was happening in their midst. Matthew records it, that Jesus would go around, He would teach in their synagogues, and He'd preach the good news of the reign of God, and He would heal every form of sickness and disease. What expectations were they filled with, and then to have them met when they was in their presence? What joy it must have been in their hearts to follow Him around, to see the miracles, but more to hear His words and feel the love of just being in His presence. Just being there. Like it was for me and my God, but just being there. You and I are called to live lives in expectation of our Lord. Lord. Not the expectation, not just the expectation, I should say, of the second coming, but the expectation right now. The expectation of Him coming in the Word of God when we heard it proclaimed this morning. And the expectation of receiving His body and blood in our body, having it on our tongue, and then consuming Him. Did we wake up this morning with that expectation? Do we prepare all week in expectation for coming and being His presence, for hearing His words? Was your heart filled with joy that the weekend was getting close? When you open up the Scriptures, does your heart start to get excited that I am going to encounter that very one that healed the blind man and healed the man, the man that was mute and demon-possessed? This is our God we're talking about. Our God who became enfleshed. Otherwise, He's just a plastic Jesus on a shelf somewhere. He's real, and He wants to have an encounter, and He wants you and I to experience that love. Whenever we come to this liturgy, we encounter Him personally, present, And we hear His preaching and His teaching by the prayers we say, by the amens we proclaim, by the gospel being preached, and all the other prayers that we say. So we hear His teaching and we hear His preaching in the kingdom of God. But part and parcel with that comes the healing. Because His word is healing. His presence is healing. Healing. And it casts out demons within our own hearts. The demons of pride, of vainglory, and of all the passions, the little demons that always get us tripped up. His presence casts those out as well. Have you come today in joyful expectation of meeting that Lord that Matthew was talking about? Because He's present today. And every day we celebrate the divine services. And every time you read your prayers. And every time you open up the sacred scriptures and read it. You're having an encounter with the risen Lord. When you open up the Bible, it's just not the words, but it's the spirit that's behind the words. It's Christ himself that makes the words alive. In a few weeks, we're going to celebrate the feast of St. Pantaleon, the healing pilgrimage. We should be filled with excitement and anticipation that we're going to come and experience the grace and healings that God has prepared for each of us. Now, the healings may come, may not be what we want or what we think we need, but I guarantee you it's going to be what you need for your salvation because that's what Christ came for, was for your salvation. You may experience His love in the fullness in this life and in the life to come. And so we should be even preparing ourselves now in preparation for that event three weeks from now. Lord, open my heart, prepare me to receive the the holy anointings that I may bring about the healing that I need for the salvation of my soul. We are to be a people of joy and hope, living in expectation of the presence of our Savior in our lives. We don't need to sit here and wait for the, whenever He will come the second time. We ha- can wait. That, that expectation is fulfilled right now, right in our midst as we sit here today. He's here. And you're about to partake of His body and blood. And it's for the remission of sins and for life everlasting. And wherever He is present, He brings healing. And deliverance. This is what your God has done for you. This just isn't something on a story that we leave on a shelf. This is real life. Otherwise, as I said, what are we doing? We're called to have a real encounter. To recognize that it's not just something of history. That his presence in my life. He has meaning in my life. So live in that joy. Live in the expectation of meeting Him continually throughout your day and your week and your years. And remember, whenever you pray, whenever you celebrate the divine liturgies or the other liturgical services or read the sacred scriptures, you're hearing our Lord teach and preach And healing every form of disease and sickness within your own heart. That's what he's come to do. And to give you new life in his name.
1: Matthew's gospel is all about his vocation story. Because in Matthew we hear about his calling. He calls himself Levi, and we use that name. But he tells about how Jesus called him. And through the course of the gospel, we hear how he started to change. And it's not just a recording of historical events, it's his understanding of what those events what were happening there. And of the expectation of Christ. Because he was always referring back to the Old Testament. As it was written, Jesus would say, or do something. And, and, and Matthew would go, as it was written by Isaiah, it was written by somebody else, the scripture shared. So it's his vocation story. And the end, we know what happened, and he wrote that down for us. Each of you have a vocation story. It just takes a little time to reflect about your life and how God has interacted with you, you've interacted with God, and God has interacted with you at different points. And when you spend enough time reflecting, you kind of see a theme and a story, and that's what you share with others because it's authentic. It's you. To make anything up. You don't have to come up with some de- theological you know, paper to deliver to somebody. That, there's a place for that later on. But the first and foremost is are you living in authentic? And why? And maybe, you right pray enough, God will give you somebody in your path that will open up a of conversation that they will ask you, Tell me about your story. And you can tell them about your vocation. The good to the bad, until it brings you here to this day. Why it's important for you. So go share your vocation story with us. In words, in just the manner of life you live, and that's what we're called to do—to bear witness to Christ. The manner of which we live our lives, the way we love one another.